0: how's it going everybody week five it's me your boy aka uh talking with a with an injured tongue i bit my tongue while i was eating some pizza earlier so i might not be as energetic and fast talking as i normally am due to uh i playing injured you know tough set out here tough series i'm going through It's a long season and we're only in week 5. I'm going to make it through, alright? We'll be alright. But just know, I'm a little... You know, I took a nap earlier. I woke up. Still a little tired. And, um... Yeah, I bit my tongue. So it's swollen. No excuses. I'm here. We're going to do this. Hope everybody's Halloween was spooky. Hope you got to do something other than work. Which is what I did. Um... So, there, yeah. There's that. I had a bowl of candy out at the end of my register. It's literally Halloween the day, Halloween night, whatever you want to call it. These people kept asking me if the candy was free. I'm like, yeah, it's free. It's Halloween. Like, and like at first I was nice about it, but by the end of the day, I wanted to be like, no, it's poisoned. I poisoned all this candy. If you eat it, you die. And I left it here. So, take it if you want it. But I didn't say that. Because, who knows. Somebody might think that's a real threat. But, um... We had some things happen last week. The Astros lost the World Series. Fuck you, you suck. Fucking cheaters. Go back home empty-handed. Shout out to Braves for, you know, beating the Astros. Always a fan of somebody who beats the Astros. So, shout out to them. It was an absolute fucking banger of a game as well, bro. Like... They really you know put the hatchet to them, if you know what I'm saying, but um, yeah, this week was a little uh not boring for me, but I don't have a lot of riveting stories or uh crazy encounters that happen, but I'll tell you what we do have. Um, we have some new players uh throwing their hat into the mystery downloads, um, so I was looking at the analytics. Uh, cause I don't have anything to do. And this is like my life now. This is my whole thing. This, this podcast, um, this is ours as well, but this is my whole thing, you know, uh, this is what I do now. So I like to stay up to date, see what happens, you know, check out, you know, if people are listening, if they even like it, seems like they're liking it. And it seems like we got some new runners. All right, guys. So we got, uh, Kansas city, Missouri, they're popping up with some downloads, um this one's weird cuz the the dot on the map like I talked about where it looks like um yeah, where like where the downloads come from it's like uh, it's like on a lake somewhere out of Wichita, Kansas. So I don't know, man. If you're a serial killer and you live outside of a lake in Wichita, Kansas and you download my podcast, please don't kill me. I don't that that one is the only one that's freaked me out. And then we got Dallas, Texas. Shout out. Someone in Dallas. And then uh, we got a a brother from the Great White North, yeah. uh, Out of Peterborough, Ontario, bud. So shout out to that Canadian listener. Um, All you new mystery download uh, contenders. I don't know how to figure out where these downloads come from. But like I said last week, I know... It says it filters out bots and, like, bullshit, so they have to be downloads. I don't know how that works or where you're downloading this or what that means. But if you live in one of these random places that I've never been to and you hear this, hit us up. We got a Gmail. It's just last week podcasts, all one word, at gmail.com. If you know me, hit me up on Snap, Facebook, send me a text message, something, but... Yeah, these mystery downloads, man. It's like, this is part two and I'm even more invested. It's like really becoming a great little case. My first little Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, detective shit going on here. I'm going to figure out who one of you are. And we will talk and we'll become good buddies. And um, hopefully you keep listening to the show. What I'm telling you, you know, Brussels is still going strong. They got a lot of downloads. Uh, so does Dublin. They're still going strong. Um, but, yeah, we got new players, guys. So I'm going to, I guess I'll make like a a board, take bets on, you know, which one of these areas has some somebody who wants to be vocal and speak up. <laughs> I'm so fucking, the one near the lake, I'm telling you, I'll take a picture of it. It's like on top of a lake outside of Wichita, Kansas, bro. I've never been to Kansas, and it just freaks me out that it's right next to a lake. I don't like that. That's, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's not fun for me. But what is fun for me is doing this podcast, I'm glad people are liking it. I've had some people hit me up asking for more, longer episodes, more episodes, and I'm trying, all right? I'm learning, um, this is, uh, this is like a game with no tutorial, you know? It's one of those, like, figure-it-out RPGs. They just drop you off and you go figure shit out. You ain't got nothing. Go find it. So, you know, I'm, I'm working with a buddy of mine, uh, how to do, like, uh, OBS and Discord. Because then I could call people, um, and have, like, a guest or have, like, an interview episode and then when I get more equipment, I could get a camera going face-to-face. Um, like old PKA kind of style uh, podcast. But yeah, so I'm, I'm working on learning new things. Um, I'm still bad about procrastinating and like not waking up on time and not staying dedicated. But, you know, I think it all comes with time. You know, you can't... I just watched this video of this, that dude who cuts people's hair. He's, like, some white dude with, like, a neck tat. Pretty cool guy. He gives, like, free haircuts and talks to people. And this dude was, like, I don't have no hair to cut. And he was, like, but, like, why you want to give it out free? And he's like, I want to talk to people. And, like, dude ends up saying something. And he's, like, you know, he's, like, if you could go back in time, what would you tell yourself? And this big, like, dude, you know, he's, like, "I I would stop, you know, beating myself up. I have a bad problem with that. And he said, like, if you're trying to go A to Z, you're trying to be a z and you're at like g and you're mad that you're not at z like you're just gonna stay at that letter so you know i'm trying to move up one letter at a time but it's intimidating sometimes but man there's a lot of weird characters and like personalities on the internet and sometimes i'll find myself like watching these compilations of like you know random twitch streamers and you know, crazy things, and it reminds me that, like, bro, these people have made a living off this for 10 years, and, like, yeah, maybe they got into it early, but, like, I don't know. It's, like, bro, some of these people, it's, like, if they can do it, I can do it, and I don't know. I beat myself up a lot, but this podcast really helps me have something to to keep going and, uh, you know, make better and whatnot, so, um, along with that last episode said i wanted to start you know opening up a little bit a little bit of, a little bit of peek into into dave's mind because i don't really you know really let visitors in it's a really closed off museum um we don't open very often uh it's pretty dusty and dark there's like a a guard but you know He'd just be watching, like he's like the the '80s movie guard. He had his feet up, eating potato chips. He's watching like a football game when he's supposed to be watching security cameras. So you know, it's a it's a pretty reserved place. It's like the library in Page Master. If y'all ever seen that movie, um, I mean that's during like a storm, so no one's at the library. But that library is like what my mind is like. It's just a dark place, and it's got a lot of cool stuff, a lot of information. Some dark spots, some crazy shit, some weird spots, and a lot of, like, you know, you know, it's, it's a nice place, but it's, it's got this vibe to it. And along with that, I was watching YouTube the other day, like I usually do, I was watching Battle at the Barracks. If you guys don't know what that is, um, the Barracks is a warehouse, uh, if you know, like Rob Deerdeck, like the Fantasy Factory. So Steve Barra has the Barracks. It's, like, the same thing, but way more, like, skate. Street skate oriented, less like a show. Like that's like Rob Deardex Playground. This is like a, a, a skater's dream world. Like fucking, you know, people come from all over the world to come session there. You know, Eric Costin, a bunch of legends hang out there, right? And uh, every every year they do Battle at the Barracks. It's a game of skate. Um, if you don't know what skate is, it's like horse with basketball. Um, in basketball you shoot a shot the other person has to do it um, if they don't they get a letter it's the same in skateboarding but you get a letter you spell out skate but with skateboarding when you watch these pros do it like man it's like watching a video game bro these dudes are pulling out like every variable every i'm sorry every variable of a trick you can think of and I was watching battle at the barracks bro and it took me back to like... When I was a kid, man, like, skating to me was, like, the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I'm talking, like, a little, little kid. Like, I probably found, like, rap music and stuff when I was, like, 10, 9 years old. And that's, like, that consumed my life through middle school and high school. For anybody that knows me growing up, like, in middle school, I was already obsessed with it. Like, writing my shitty little raps and fucking wearing fucking saggy-ass clothes and... Just, like, the typical, like, white kid, fucking (laughs) suburban, like, growing up, you know, cringey shit, bro. Like, ugh, I look back on it, It's, it's cringe, but whatever, bro. Anyways, before that, there was a younger Dave. And even that younger Dave, man, it was just, like, skateboarding and, like, this punk rock culture that I had somewhat, like grown up appreciating from like a distance man like i I grew up and i had a GameCube, and one of the first games i remember having as a kid was tony hawk's underground so like all the underground games uh were like always in my rotation and then just any tony hawk game after that was always something i was playing like i just played them all in a row and i remember being a kid and i was thinking back to getting like my first skateboard bro And I lived in a small-ass town in Kentucky at the time. And uh, my fucking neighborhood... (laughs) um, Shout out (laughs) Heatherbrook. It's an old-ass joke for any of my friends that remember that. Um, The fucking... uh, The roads in, in the neighborhood were like rough as shit, dog. Like, it was like... Man, it was just like an amalgamation of rocks that did not get broken down or it was not blacktop, but it wasn't, it was the worst road I can ever describe, bro. It was just rocks like meshed together and uh, it was bad, bro. It was terribly rough, right? And I remember being a kid and all the way down through the neighborhood, if you walked like all the way to the other side, there was this one road. Um, I think it was called like Ashton Lane and this road had smooth blacktop and man I would spend hours just going up and down this road on my skateboard trying to kickflip and ollie and pop shove and manual and I don't know ride with one foot hang 10 like any little thing I could think of and like I was never very good at it it was like a Walmart board but it meant the world to me bro And, um, like, growing up as a kid, bro, like, I always thought, like, skateboarding was the coolest thing, and I was really into, like, you know, punk rock shit at the time, so, like, skinny jeans and my skateboard, but, like, where I grew up is just, like, I don't know, I'd say I had a lot of trouble finding myself as a kid, and a lot of the things I was into weren't available in the place I lived, and... Trying to meet other people with those interests that would like venture with me to these places, I guess was a problem or became too hard. Like I said, I just feel like I had a hard time finding a lot of direction like due to like growing up in the fucking sticks, bro. Like, you know, even to go to a skate park, the closest one to me was like 15, 20 minute drive across a river up a hill. So I got to convince my mom to take me up there and then sit around while I do nothing you know, and, you know, and then even as a kid, it's intimidating to go to those places if you don't know anybody. Um, but yeah, man, like it, it took me back. So I was thinking I, I talk a lot and people, like a lot of people were telling me they wanted these to be longer. So I thought I would just talk about like my, my, my personal connection with skateboarding, even though like I can't do a trick anymore. I can maybe pop shove, Maybe couple ollies manual a little bit but like i wouldn't i wouldn't say i ever got proficient at skateboarding i was beginner at best but i can ride a skateboard like nobody's business i can cruise around a city no problem like you know i i can ride a skateboard for sure bro like that's something that's very like close to me that like i don't know i never tried to be a poser like i guess like i never tried to learn tricks but like i fell in love with like just the cruising around on a board and just that like little bit of freedom you get from it like man like i remember i went on this work trip in chicago and uh i was like 19 at the time and i thought it was like the coolest thing ever bro like i probably told a bunch of people at the time i bragged about it because i thought it was so cool that i was 19 i was going on a business trip bro like air quotes, like business trip like They were telling me about like, oh, we're going to put you up in a hotel. You'll cover your flight. You get a little bit of extra money because, you know, you're going, you know, it's technically overtime. Uh, You know, you get money. uh, Damn, what's that shit called? It's like an allowance they give you. I forgot the fancy word now in front of all my podcast listeners. They're going to make fun of me now. But anyway, there's a word for it. They give you. It's like a daily allowance to go out and get food and, and, you know, whatever to help you out just, you know, for, you know, your daily expenses. And, um, I brought my skateboard. It was like, I had to get a ride to the airport at four in the morning to fly up to New York. Um, so I got it and I grabbed my skateboard, my backpack and like a small ass bag that I could all, like, carry on to the plane, so I didn't have to check nothing, because I was like, you know, I'm not spending no extra money, and I show up on my skateboard, right, and I show up to O'Hare Airport in Chicago, and all my coworkers are there, and they're, like, some of these people are, like, in their 60s, in their 50s, 40s, they've got, you know, 20-year, uh, you know, into the company, and I worked for a Navy base at the time, so it's a pretty big deal, pretty nice job, and uh, they were all looking at me like I was crazy. And I was like, listen, bro, like, I'm taking my skateboard. We're going to New York. I'm going to have my skateboard. And also, I use, like, I grew up in airports. Like, I used to fly back and forth to see, like, my dad and shit. So, like, I'm, I'm very aware in airports. I'm very comfortable on airplanes and shit. Having a skateboard in the airport is a cheat code. You can go around, and they really don't give a shit, bro. You can go around. Like, you can go around. I promise you, you can do it. They really don't give a shit. Just don't be an asshole. Um, but yeah, bro, tell me why we got to go to the terminal all the way across the airport. And there's only like one tram in O'Hare and it's a big ass airport, bro. Your boy (laughs) got the four wheel cheat code, slapped it on the ground, ran up there. By the time they got to the gate, I already had a McDonald's like three course meal in my hands with an orange juice, like, uh uh-huh, made fun of me for having the skateboard Look at you. You barely got time to go get something before we get on this plane, you dummy. So, skateboarding has always been close to my heart, even though I wouldn't say I've ever been very good at it, you know? But I skated around New York. (laughs) I ended up getting lost. So, we went to um, the 9-11 Memorial. Everybody, like, decided that, like, like, we couldn't do a whole lot because we only had, like, one one like real day to do anything on this trip so like i'm not riding a ferry and going out to the statue of liberty and like if there's anything i really like want to see or like give respect to in that sense it would be the 9-11 memorial so like everybody decided we would go there and pay our respects you know as americans whatever yeah you know uh kind of sad it was like it was weird being there i'm never good at being at places like that because I don't know, my mind just goes into fucking overdrive. Like, I can't process anything because I'm trying to process everything. So, I ended up getting a little, like, not creeped out, but... Or uncomfortable. I guess, like, uncomfortable is the right word. Like, I had paid my respects. I understood what it was. But, like, I didn't want to spend any more time there. I felt just off about it. And I didn't want to keep thinking about... All, all, all that, there was so much pressure there, I guess for a good reason, you know, like, it's obviously a tragic thing, but it was just so much that I was just like, you know what, it's nighttime, I want to go out and experience New York. Man, there's so much trash there, and I know everybody says that, but there is a lot of trash there, and I wanted to skate, and half of this skating was dodging trash bags and rats the size of, like, Shaq's shoe, bruh. They're fucking on radiation or something up there they're not normal but i will say when you walk like i would say in like normal cities i've been to if you walk down like a road or a street for a certain amount of time and you turn around you kind of see where you just were if you do that in new york city in manhattan good luck like walk just four blocks and turn around nothing looks the same and it's intimidating bro so your boy ends up like walking and walking and walking and then i realize i'm at wall street i'm next to some like old church or something i don't even know i can't i don't know where i'm at so i go to pull out google maps google maps does not work in downtown manhattan That shit was telling me to walk to the end of a street and then would tell me to walk back and then would tell me to go another way and then I basically walked a big-ass, like, square, right? So, here I am. I'm 19, Kevin McAllister style. I'm lost in New York. Uh, fucking... I can't... I can't figure out which way to go. And, like, I know everybody says, like, oh, New York's a grid system, bro. If you've never been to New York, you don't know where you're at on the grid. Or, like, I couldn't figure out where to go... <clears throat> and then like I can't see anything even when I looked on the map like I can't see anything to get there right so I got like my skateboard in my hand I'm freaking out I got this backpack and this girl comes up she's like 20 something she can see I'm like in distress and she asked me like what's going on I asked her how to get to the 9-11 memorial so she like points a certain direction I start walking and she decides to come with me right Dude, this chick ends up being super cool. We're talking. She goes to NYU. She's from, like, Kansas or something, I guess. I tell her, like, I went to high school in Kentucky. We, like, relate to growing up in a small town. Chick's real cool ends up saying she'll buy me a bottle. And I'm like, damn, bro, hell yeah. Like, I don't, this is the last night here. I don't have to work tomorrow. I can get fucked up and then, you know, catch the plane tomorrow. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, this is perfect. And then your boy doesn't have his wallet. Boom. You know where my wallet is? Back in fucking, like, Queens. Wherever the fuck we were staying. Far as fuck away. And, um, yeah, so... A disappointed Dave said uh, goodbye to that lovely young lady who uh, helped me find my way back. And not get left behind in Manhattan. <laughs> at 19 years old. Because I was truly lost. And, like... I guess, like, you could call it, like, millennial. But, yeah, man, like... It, Trying to find it through Google Maps and standing there was hard when... I'm telling you, it kept spinning like a compass, like that, like Jack Sparrow's compass, when he couldn't figure out what the fuck he wanted, when it just kept spinning around. That's what my Google Maps was doing, bro. I couldn't figure out where the fuck north was. Like, the simulation breaks in, in New York, I guess, bro. <clears throat> so, thank you to that young lady. If you ever happen to hear this, uh, you're a lifesaver. So, I ended up going back there, uh, having to bum money off somebody, bought some pizza... And then, uh, enjoyed a nice, um, bittersweet ride back to the hotel. Um, but when I lived in Chicago, man, <clears throat> excuse me, when I lived in Chicago, um, I actually met quite a few people there, uh, from skating the, there was a, a, a park in, uh, Waukegan that was like, right, uh, it was beautiful, man. And like right off of the lake, um, when you came up off like the interstate there was this skate park man I ended up meeting a couple people there um, and they were real cool dudes and um, that's actually how I like started drinking like beer is I like showed up there enough times and I like practiced off to the side and eventually like I don't know but these dudes just came up and talked to me one time and they offered me a warm Budweiser out of like a 12 pack that they had in a backpack like just a warm can of beer and I don't know if it was peer pressure or just me like wanting to I don't know connect with people because i hadn't really you know met anybody up there yet i was still new and i was living on my own for the first time and i didn't know anybody i didn't have a lot of friends so these were the first people i really uh came in contact with and they were cool kids they were you know i was like i think i was 19 almost 20 at the time and they were, like, 18, uh, like, still in high school, about to graduate, whatever. And, uh, yeah, man, they kind of just, like, uh, let me hang out with them. And I remember this one time, bro, they took me to this skate park. It was called Niles. And it was outside of Chicago. And where we lived in Waukegan was, like, the furthest train stop. Like, if you take the North Line out of Chicago, it's the last stop on the metro anyway. Um so it's all the way up there you can see it at night but it's like all the way up the shore um but it's, it's it's awesome right um so they took me and this is like more like the suburbs outside of chicago and the skate park uh was like more of like a california vibe it was like kind of minimal and it was super cool man they took me to a couple spots and um it's like one of those things where like i couldn't participate in any of the activities right like i couldn't uh, hit a session on a spot. I couldn't follow anybody up. I couldn't help, uh, in a line. I can't, I can't even really do any tricks. Right. I was doing manuals and trying to practice kick flips (laughs) off to the side and just filming for people when they would ask, um, and kind of just hanging out, you know? Um, but it was real cool to be a part of a group like that. um, There was also this indoor skate park, uh, it was called Asylum, uh, in Waukegan. Um, that place was super cool. The owner was like the nicest guy ever. I remember this one time I was trying to tighten my trucks, uh, when I was just skating around this, uh, it was like, uh, it wasn't military housing, but it was like military homes outside of the Navy base when I lived with my older brother. And I would just skate this, like, every day, bro, I would skate this neighborhood. And I remember I met some chick on Tinder. And she even was like, are you the guy that's always skateboarding around the neighborhood? And I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, that, that would be me. Uh, and she's like, why do you do it? I was like, I don't know. For exercise, it's fun. I should be listening to music. There's some nice hills here to bomb. You go really fucking fast. Like, I don't know, it's fun all these white people and, you know, suburban, like, you know, military people that have never had fun in their life fucking stare at me with, like, bro, I would skate past this gas station. I swear I would feel, like, the eyes of these dudes in the military that were, like, how dare this kid be on a skateboard at night having fun getting exercise. I was pretty in shape back then, you know, and, um, I don't even know where I was going with that, but anyways... <laughs> um it was cool to like be a part of that and like I said not have this level of proficiency um oh that's what happened one day I was skating and I broke my trucks cuz I was tightening them in this parking lot and I snapped the kingpin on the truck and I didn't know what a kingpin was at the time and like I had had this board somebody gave it to me outside of high school and it was like my only board that I had had for a couple years Cause I always had like a board or two growing up and, um, it was like the only board I had for the longest time. And these trucks had just seen it all bro for years. And yeah, I ride that board, man, it makes me sad, but I don't even know what happened to that, that deck. I forgot what, I forgot what happened to it. But anyways, I ended up going up there and asking the guy if he could fix my trucks and he just looked at me and he was like, bro, there's no fixing these. And uh, he ended up, like, giving me this pair of trucks and just slapped them on my board. And he was like, don't mention it. Like, it's cool. Um, and then he, like, gave me, like, their business card or something. And he was like, you know, if you ever want to skate, I told him, like, you know, I'm not very good. Like, I don't even know if I could do anything in here, bro. And he told me, like, even when you just want to come in and, and ride the mini ramp, bro, just try to, you know, learn that shit. And I would go there from time to time, bro, and that place was awesome. And one of the kids I met at the skate park ended up, like, working there, so... Yeah, it was real cool, man, and, um, yeah, it meant, it it, it always, like, meant a lot, and I always, like, felt the, the, like, uh, I would always relate to, like, these kids that, like, they didn't have much, but they had this board, and when they had this board, they had this set of skills, and it was, like, the culture at a skate park isn't, like, to one-up everybody, but the goal is, like, everybody wants to have, like, that trick that's never been done, or you know, the, I don't know, the nicest technique or the best style, the most steez when they land. Like everybody wants to have that one thing and everybody wants to have that skill that's better than the other person. Um, And I like really related to like that individual sport aspect of it. And there's also a lot of mischief that comes along with skateboarding. You know, like if you ever ran with people that street skate, you know, like hopping fences and I don't know, like um, security guards and shit, it's kind of funny. It's a different world. (laughs) <laughs> and like I would, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, and keep doing that, um, my apologies, uh, but I would go skate downtown in Chicago sometimes, like I would just take the tram on the weekends, the metro, man, it was like eight bucks and you could ride from Friday to Sunday unlimited if you bought a weekend ticket. So on my weekends, man, I would just go down to the city and I would just really skate around like from, you know, the aquarium all the way back to, like, Grand Central, you know, just all around, bro, finding comic book stores and record shops and places to eat, you know, places to pull off and smoke and hide from people and, um, just all kinds of stuff, bro, people to buy me beer, (laughs) I'd carry around a 40 in a backpack all day, um, just, like, real mischievous shit, you know, getting kicked out of places for skating, uh, when it gets dark, just like finding these real like expensive rich patios on like some of these like buildings like downtown, you could like sneak up there, bro, and like I would just like really smoke a black mile, listen to some music, and just think about life, man. I always loved being in the city and getting around on a skateboard was always more fun, you know. So it's like a bikes, whatever, but bikes have to deal with cars, and you know skateboards on the sidewalk, so you really just you know. You get to, like, avoid people and curve, you know, corners real nice. Take these transitions that, like, just the natural, like, environment gives you. And, man, I would just really appreciate being down there. And, yeah, like, I would go alone. I would go with people. But um, I've had, like, a lot of experiences with my skateboard and with, like, skaters, that like i've remembered like there was this other park that was in between illinois and wisconsin i don't remember exactly which state it was in because it was like on the border but it was just this park because like once you get out of like where i stayed in those suburbs it turned into farmland and factories for wisconsin and illinois There was, like, a Jelly Belly, the little Jelly Bean factory. And then, like, um, you know, um, Kenosha power plants and shit there in Wisconsin. But I remember if you take these roads and they, like, cut off and they reminded me of back in, like, Kentucky, just these long-ass roads with nothing. And I would go drive them from time to time just because, like I said, I didn't have a lot of friends. So sometimes, like, sometimes my day off to me was... Uh, Going on a long drive and calling my mom for, you know, an hour talking to her and then listening to like a full Logic album and rapping it, you know, or, you know, listening to a whole Kanye album and trying to rap that like while I'm driving, just going out and trying to escape from reality in a sense, just go do something. That was my day off. That was that's what I did. You know, I didn't. And then go out a lot and have fun back in those days. But I ended up finding this really nice park. And it had this big ass tennis court. And there was never anybody there. And they had no nets. Um, So um, it was real nice. That tennis court material. You know what I'm talking about? That green shit. That green tennis court that like every fucking suburban park has that no one ever uses. And it's like really good for skating. It's really grippy. But it's smooth. Man, I would try to, like, manual the whole length and um, practice my flat ground, all kinds of stuff, uh, try to do, like, manuals to pivot to nose manual, all kinds of, like, Rodney Mullen, like, stuff, because, like, I couldn't do a lot of flip tricks, so I started doing a lot of, like, 80s kind of stuff, you know, like, flipping my board, primo, standing on it, flipping it around, landing on it, stuff like that, um, and, like, this little kid, well, he wasn't a little kid, He's probably, like, 10 years old like a little kid to me but he would see me like skate there right and he would come around because there was this big track too that I would take laps on that like I would just push and push and push and like uh it had like this part that ended up like going up to this big hill and bro if you hit it hard you could end up like coasting half of the entire track just off of that if you had like you know decent bearings and some good wheels so I would just do that to you know Stay in shape and practice and, I don't know, just, like, have fun, right? So this kid would ask me, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just practicing, bro. And he's like, you know, m- you know, how long have you been skating? I was like, well, I used to skate when I was your age, but, like, I kind of stopped for, like, a long time in high school and whatnot. And I don't know, I just got back into it. So I would see this kid every so often. Dude, eventually, man, this kid comes up to me and he brings me, like, uh, a board, and uh, his dad's, like, by him, and he, like, comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, like, I know, like, when we skate and whatnot, and he would show me these little spots around there, and he would help me with tricks, and, you know, he's just a cool little kid, bro, he's just this little, like, this little grom that would hang around, you know, um, but yeah, and that's a great word, by the way, if you've never heard grom, it's just, like, little kids that hang around skate spots, and little surfer kids, little groms. Yeah, that's what they call him. but... Yeah, dude, um... This kid was sick, and, um... He would take me to this one little curb they had. Uh, it was, like, this yellow curb outside of, like, the park ranger station or whatever. And it was, like, a bright yellow curb, and they would wax it up. And, like, one kid would r- grind it on his scooter, and then he would try to 50-50 on his board. And, um... He noticed, like, one time that my board had these real bad pressure cracks, uh... Which is, like, in between the trucks, um where eventually like it'll snap um just from over time like the bolts where it goes into the truck wears out the wood and um he gave me like this big old like 8.5 board with this cat flipping you off on it and I still have that board and I was just like in shock I didn't know what to say I was just like thanks man he's like yeah bro I got like two more like you know I just use this one like on my carpet he's like but you know you could use it and I like Went over to his dad and thanked him too. And it was a real cool experience. And I had this other guy named Keelan. Uh, He worked at this Taco Bell (laughs) near where I worked at the Navy base. And I would see him all the time when I got lunch. And I remember this one time he gave me a pair of trucks and like two boards, man. And yeah, man, I just met a lot of great people through skating. Um, If you guys have never watched a skate part or a skate video... Uh, Chris Jocelyn is one of my favorites uh I think he's got probably my favorite style like Chris Jocelyn is just so steezy he makes everything look like it's not hard to do like for anyone like he makes it look like that thing could be done by anyone and I don't mean that in a bad way it like looks that good but no one can do it but, yeah, uh, Paul Rodriguez, another favorite of mine. Uh, Rodney Mullen for sure. Eric Costin. Um, Rob Dyrdek for sure, man. Robin Big. Uh, Rob Dyrdek, say what you will about him, but shout out that guy. He's a decent skater. He's got, a you know, a long history. Now I think for a lot of people, he brought a lot of, like, tidbits of skate culture to uh a lot of people you know like he might have introduced kids to skating who never would have skated if they never saw a show you know so i know he's not the most like you know skaters skater but you know rob Deerdeg is close to my heart as well um but yeah p-rod chris jocelyn um ryan sheckler back in the day was huge for me um yeah, man. I remember when Ryan Sheckler was, like, the coolest dude ever, bro. When I was, like, in sixth, fifth grade, Ryan Sheckler was, bro, coolest guy ever. Fucking coolest guy ever, bro. Dude had, like, a TV show when he was, like, t- fucking 13, you know? But, yeah, so skating's super cool, bro. And um, I think that there's a lot of, like, debate, a lot of, I guess, like... Now, like, kids, like, know Nyjah Houston, right? They know a guy who is... And, like, sh- and nowadays they know, like, Nyjah Houston and Sean Malto. They, like, know these people in the fucking Mountain Dew commercials. And they know the people from, uh, uh, you know, Street, Street League and uh, SLS and, you know, fucking whatever fucking Mountain Dew X Games bullshit. Like, they know these guys, I guess, from tournaments and competitive series but like i know people like pj ladd and chris jocelyn and like i don't know all the old like dgk riders and all the old girl parts um there's just too many to like i don't know i know people from like old street skating that's like raw footage and grimy and getting kicked out and hopping fences and i think nowadays a lot of kids like there's still that area and that aspect of street skating but I feel like a lot of kids know more of like, there's also like, there's this new side of it where it's like, I don't want to say it's a ripoff. It's just more evolutionized. But at the same time, that's how skating started in the eighties, bro. Like before the street skating, you had like Peralta and you had like Dogtown and you had all those guys in competitions for stores that would go out and they would throw these big competitions where everyone would go and there'd be a winner and you had you know Tony Alva um and Peralta and you know that whole story with Dogtown like that's just like this is just back to it's just evolved to what it once was like the streets became a different place to showcase it but now it's like a rival culture it feels like because the more you know, these skate stops and the way they fucking treat, like, street skating, man, like, even if you just ride a skateboard around, like, I've been judged personally when I, like, had to tell, like, security guards and shit, like, bro, I can't do a single trick, I can't grind any handrail, I can't skate on that ledge, I'm using this to get around, I'm using this to traverse the city, my guy, and, like, you will get the most, like, rude fucking people, bro, and, like, you'll skate past somebody with, like, three feet of room, and they'll scream at you like you're an asshole, But if you ride by them on a bike, they don't give a fuck, bro. So, like, you know, there is this whole, like, clash, I guess, that's interesting to me. But I think it's crazy that, like, this conversation spawned for me, like, watching one video. And I think that's real cool. And that's something, like, I want to do with, like, this podcast. Like, uh, you know, last week I tried to prep with, like, current events. And I, I might still do that. I might still keep up with that. But at the end of the day, like... I think this is, like, somewhat of my strong suit. Like, I thought about this all today just watching one video, and it took me back. And, you know, I think that's, like, something a lot of people have. Like, I'm sure you guys listening to this probably thought about something you used to do or something that's, like, important in your life that I guess, like, I don't skate as much anymore as much as I want to or I wish I did. And that's something I might pick up again after today, you know, but... I just thought it was real cool and I don't think that skateboarding gets enough love as far as like the street aspect as far as like the non-commercial people like Sean Maltel's cool bro like I'm sure he grew up street skating too but I don't know it's just a difference of like Nigel Houston's the like arguably the best skater people have ever seen but then like I look at somebody like PJ Ladd and Rodney Mullen and uh, Mike Villele, you know, I look at those guys and I put them in another category, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody would do anything without Rodney Mullen. Like Rodney Mullen is the most slept on, underappreciated. Like he, he's like skate Lord, but Rodney Mullen like changed everything, bro. Like if you never watched that dude, it's insane, bro. And like his Ted talks cool as well. Um, but yeah, man, uh, It's just something I thought about and, you know, I never thought that as a kid in Kentucky when I couldn't, like I remember one time my neighbors let me use their driveway because it was paved and they told me I could skateboard there and they had these fucking like grandkids that were older than me and she was like a fucking... She's a little fucking, I'll be nice and call her a harlot. That's an old word for something mean. You can go look it up. But you can also use it. You can call people harlots if you want to be nice but mean. But she was a little harlot even at a young age. This girl was probably in like middle school or whatever and had these boyfriends, bro. And they were like mean, like white Kentucky crackheads. Like you know what I'm talking about with like South Pole shorts and like, you know, baggy shirts that are like cut off on the arms and, you know, they all got buzz cuts and, like, silver chains. And they smoke uh, fucking camel crushes. Um, <laughs> and they would make fun of me, bro. And I'd be out there skating and they'd yell at me to do a kickflip. Um, <laughs> and uh, I never thought, like, from then, when I felt bad and embarrassed, that at, like, 19 and 20, I would end up meeting people and, you know, having friendships And I don't know, being embraced in that culture. And it's something I really miss. Um, I don't generally like, I don't particularly like living in Florida. I really miss Chicago, but I don't think if I stayed there, I think if I stayed there, there's a very high probability that like this isn't happening right now. And I don't know, it's a very sad like story for that Dave in Chicago. So as much as I miss like these instances and whatnot, I still believe that you know, you live, you learn, you move on and whatnot. Um, I think that's enough for the skateboarding talk. I think I'm starting to go off the rails, but, you know, we're pretty deep in. We're at, like, 44, 45 minutes. It's a new record. It's a podcast record. Uh, I was thinking a lot this week uh, for what the recommendation should be. Um, and although the show was mostly about, like, me and my relationship uh, and experiences with skateboarding, um, the recommendation will not be skateboarding. Um, I took a lot of time thinking about this because I really take these serious. Uh, the recommendations are things like from my personal life that I have serious connections with. Um, and this week, I want to shout out um, the first role model of mine growing up, uh, the first inspiration I ever had. Um, and that would be uh, Muhammad Ali, rest in peace to the greatest of all time. Um, when I was a little kid, uh, my parents took me downtown to Louisville. Muhammad Ali has his own museum there. I was like eight or nine at the time. And man, did I fall in love with uh, Muhammad Ali that man, uh, was, like, the first, uh, true, real-life, real-world person that I looked up to and took inspiration from. A lot of, like, my unwillingness to back down when I feel like I'm right, and a lot of my conviction I feel like I took from Muhammad Ali growing up. Like, uh, watching, uh, Watching a black man in the middle of Vietnam, basically say "fuck you," I'm not going. Like you don't you don't respect me here, but you want me to go fight for you. Being the champion of the world, a uh, household name. Like I don't think people really understand in this day and age. Back in that day, the heavyweight boxing champion of the world was just that. Like, when they say it now, the baddest man on the planet, it does not mean what it meant back... The baddest man on the planet back then, like... Everyone knew who you were and knew that you were the guy that fucking beats ass, right? That's, like, not the same anymore. Like, Tyson Fury is a household name, but, like... You have Anthony Joshua, Klitschko. Like, there's so many more people. Like, back then, bro, it was a limited pool of fighters. And just the heavyweights back then don't scale to the heavyweights now, like, it's just a different ball game, I guess, and, like, the sports evolved, and boxing is trash due to their own failure, so, like, it's it's a lot of discrepancies, but Muhammad Ali was that guy, bro, and when I went through the museum, and I learned about his life, and I saw, like, where he came from, and my stepdad uh, is from Kentucky, uh, he delivered to him a couple times, and, you know, he knew a lot about where he grew up in Louisville, and, Um, all kinds of stuff, but I think, like I said, a lot of my conviction and I guess like self-projection comes from Muhammad Ali. Like Muhammad Ali even said himself, like he would pretend to be better than he was just for the fucking fact that one day it would be true and he would be that version that he portrayed. Be better than you are until you make it to that point. So, man, growing up, that was my guy. Um, I've loved boxing since I was a kid. Uh, since I, like I went through that museum, um, I was real sad when he passed away. Um, it was always cool growing up knowing that like a true fucking legend, like a true fucking legend, came from like a place I lived near. You know, growing up in Kentucky, we I didn't have a lot of. You know, there's nobody, like, really to look up to besides, like, college athletes later on. And, you know, I guess, like, uh, an actress or two came out of there. You know, um, Ashley Judd and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Tom Cruise is from there. I think Johnny Depp is from Kentucky as well. But I didn't know that at the time, okay? So having these, uh, having this person, this, you know, this larger-than-life figure to look up to. Like, I still remember having a picture of him in my room and I had uh you know, I'd write his quotes on my fucking like <laughs> notebooks and shit, bro. Like I was obsessed with Muhammad Ali bro and um, you know, that was like my first when I look back at my life, like that was the first person I really looked up to and like that's my person, like that's my role model, that's my guy. Um and if you if you live in Kentucky and you've never been to that museum, I don't know if it's still there. I assume it is. If you've never been there, it's fucking amazing. If you ever go to Louisville, Kentucky for some reason, you can go watch them make bets. I think the Muhammad Ali Museum is a little bit cooler. I mean, you can go look at them make fucking Louisville Sluggers. I mean, it's kind of boring. There's a bunch of like, I guess you can go watch Bourbon. But if you want to, you know, pay some homage and learn something really cool and see a lot of cool stuff and, you know, learn things you never knew, um, check it out. My favorite thing I learned from there is that Muhammad Ali wanted to learn how to box. Because somebody stole his bike. And he wanted to go fuck him up. But he didn't know how to fight. So <laughs> he asked the the trainer to teach him how to box. And I always really like that. Because it shows like... He always had that fire. But he knew. like He was smart enough to know that he couldn't go do it. Because he didn't know. And... Yeah. It's kind of like Mike Tyson said. Like... Like Ali is the... Ali is the most savage. Because like dude literally died for boxing. He literally died to... Fucking, I will fight you. Like, even Mike Tyson says that, like, Muhammad Ali is the full savage. Like, he went to a place, even Mike Tyson wouldn't go. It's a full commitment. Even Mike Tyson wouldn't fully commit. And When I hear Mike Tyson talk about Muhammad Ali, it reminds me of why, like, I looked up to him so much as a kid. Because I also look up to Mike Tyson. He's also one of my favorites. So, to hear him talk about Muhammad Ali, like, it always reminds me of why, you know? And it's just, you know, especially for, you know, other groups of people out there and other cultures, you know, that dude, you know, stood up at a time when nobody was doing it. And yeah, man, uh, Muhammad Ali is, uh, he's a, he's a true legend. And, uh, yeah, if you've never watched any of his fights, you can find him on YouTube, find full fights, his trash talks impeccable, um, fucking fast as shit. Great, just offense, defense, all of it, bro. Like, dude made somebody so mad that they shot at him at a casino, bro. I could, I could talk about Muhammad Ali forever, but, but yeah, guys, um, check him out, watch some fights, go to the museum if uh, anybody who still lives in Kentucky. Take your kids, um, you know, teach them about a, a true legend that came from, you know, Kentucky. There's not very many, and I think uh, he's a great guy. So, um, yeah. Uh, To anyone who wanted a longer episode, here you go. Uh, You're welcome. I tried my best. I made sure to record this before that alarm went off again. And um, it's been great, guys. So once again, I got to do the plug. You know I got to do it. I don't like doing this. It's my least favorite part. But I'm going to do it. Make sure uh, you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you follow me on Spotify. Uh, Make sure you follow me on YouTube. Whatever you listen to this on, Hit the follow or subscribe. I really appreciate it. You also get notifications on Spotify for all the new episodes when they drop. Uh, share this uh, with somebody. If you work with someone and they, they want a podcast to get into, show them this one. Um, like I always say. Tell them it's a little bit a little bit funny or a little bit more interesting than it is. get them on the get them on the train. Um, if you have a question, a concern, a comment, a riddle, Anything, a story that you don't want anyone to know, but you need to get it off your chest. Send me an email, like I said at the beginning. Just last week podcast, all one word. Just last week podcast at Gmail. If you know me personally, you can send me a snap, a uh, Facebook message, a text message. You can even call me if you like. Um, but like I said, guys, I appreciate you listening. It's been great. Um, it's a new start of a new month, also. So. There we go, guys. I appreciate you listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.